0: The news everyone pop culture politics and a sprinkle of treason i'm joined today once again by chris and Charles Hello. and harley <gasps> harley is reclined in chris's arms
1: she is just showing off the goods
0: yeah everything's hanging out mm-hmm. got x-rated real uh, fast
1: <laughs> every once in a while when i am like scratching her stomach i'm like i'm just rubbing your boobs <laughs> This is where all your nipples are. But she's into it. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's into it. It's not like she's upset. I
1: know she she's upset. very into it. I mean, yeah. I'm, if 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 you,
0: it's not like she has little dog boobs. That would be weird. She uh, she kind of does. Does she? Yeah.
1: Uh, before I got her fixed, when she would go into heat, they would like get bigger. Wow. When she was going through her lady <laughs> lady times.
0: Boobs is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever thought of. Oh my god. Uh, so on yesterday's episode, we uh, gave some recommendations, viewing, listening, reading. Is there anything else you guys are consuming right now that you're loving?
2: I just did a complete rewatch. I'm not sure I'm recommending it because it's very dated these days, okay. but the Australian series Kath and Kim has just Ooh. popped up on Netflix um, and it might not have jokes that anyone gets <laughs> now. Uh, but I re- I watched it and I felt a little piece of home and most importantly the season three finale has a special cameo from Carly Minogue so mm. it's worth just giving to that episode alone.
0: Well, we also do have Australian listeners so they'll get the references. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I need to watch that because I've only seen the bad American version of it, which what wasn't that? even that
2: bad, honestly. And I this wait, I will what was get... our version?
0: Uh, uh, it was
1: Molly Shannon and Selma Blair.
0: Was it called Kath and Kim? It was mm-hmm. called Kath and Kim. Oh, I never even heard. Um, they, were,
1: they lived in Florida.
2: They did. Uh, they did it the office style, where the first episode was pretty much the first episode of the Australian version, just right. lifted wholesale. Uh, the jokes weren't reworked quite enough mm. to match. The, the The show could have worked, but the the human needed localizing. Sure, um, that jo- makes sense. Yeah, it because in Australia there were there were a particular type of people, kind of bogany people. Um, and the, who mispronounce things. They have a particular accent mm. and it, it's fun to watch and you watch it and you go, oh, I know those people. God, that's
0: so regional. Yeah. You, like, you definitely need to Americanize that. <laughs> um, but yeah,
2: so here it just became, lol, they live in Florida and they're kind of stupid. Like that wasn't enough. Yes. yes Which is a shame is. because the cast were off the chain mm. between Molly Shannon and Summer Blair and also John Michael Higgins. Yeah, wow. It was such oh. a... And what, um,
1: he's on SNL now.
2: Mikey Day. Yes. Uh, also oh, Mikey Day is great. Yeah. He and my Rudolph it. was in seven episodes. What
0: the fuck? When did this come out?
2: 2000 and something. Yeah.
0: Okay. I completely missed it. Um, Not even on my radar.
2: I have it on DVD. <laughs> the American one. Mm-hmm. I would like to see beyond the first episode because they played one episode in Australia and went, "Whoop, we won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I don't blame them. I, I oh god! I mean, uh, The Office was had its moments where it was a great show, but it very much did that American thing where sometimes comedy writers—it's—it's what makes great improv, which is you find the game and you heighten the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But sometimes in sketch writing, what happens with that, or or you know, TV writing, is the more you heighten the quality of certain characters, they just become stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. if the game is that like. Kevin the accountant is kind of dumb that works for one two seasons and then they keep heightening it and it's like this man would not be able to wipe his own ass let alone hold down a job you know it's just like yeah they just made
1: Angela more and more shrill every season yeah
2: yeah well like the Australian the first episode of of Catherine Kim in Australia uh, Kim walks in the door to my mother's house and says my marriage is over over O-V-A-H and that's funny (laughs) because we say it differently and, yes. you know, that's how we would pronounce over. And then in the American pilot, Summer Blair storms in the door and says, my marriage is over, are. Well, that's just you spelling the word wrong.
1: Uh.
2: Oh, that's so... Right? Oh, wow. So they they made the joke, they mimicked the joke exactly, but now the joke no longer exists.
0: It's like they didn't get it. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Which okay. is,
2: and it's, like, again, it's such a waste of such excellent comedic talent,
1: the it three is. of them. Yeah, I agree. And then I all agree. the support cast. Mm.
0: Um, any other things you're watching or listening to or reading?
1: Um, I have been, uh, I believe I texted it to you and Chloe, but I've been watching this music video over and over and over again. I haven't
0: been able to watch it yet.
1: Uh, it's by a guy named John Duff and it's called girly. I, there are cameos from some drag race
2: ladies. Ah. Like that is a good music video. Willem.
1: Uh, Mariah Balenciaga and Bianca Del Rio were all in it, and then it also like pays an homage to music videos of the last ten to fifteen years. It, roughly,
2: yeah,
0: very cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, I got to check that out. And any
2: like any music video, any artist that is uh, just completely fucking with the gender binary, yes, great to watch, mm-hmm. yeah. great to have in existence. Yeah, of
0: course, of course. Um, so uh, yeah, that's another show I gotta binge watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag Race. I know. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that so long, I actually need to make it happen. Yeah, get in maybe. and
2: watch it before the tide fully turns against it.
0: Yeah, I know. Because it's,
2: it's, <laughs> it's almost <there's> over. A <laughs> it's a countdown now. Gonna, hasn't gonna, it already happened like
0: several times and then people come back to it.
2: I know that when it finally ended in like June, July after six of being on for six months straight, I was like, oh, thank
0: God. Oh. And I unfollowed
2: like a dozen drag queens. <laughs> from the show <laughs> just to have a break
0: that is right people it was almost like an endurance contest yeah, so yeah people were like it's still going i'm like don't you love this show
1: i think i don't know what they're gonna air first because they just announced all stars four but they didn't even announce the cast yet but they're i know they're also doing season 11 they're right gonna, now so
2: they're gonna do it again next year yeah like several months ago one of the most popular drag queens cartier quit drag and we were all like oh my god i'm so sad that's how could you do that and then by the end of it, I was like, "Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I haven't even started Dragon. I've already quit it." Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. back, and now she's back. Yeah, it's yeah. fine.
0: Wow. Um. Any any music, Rex?
2: New Janet Jackson.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, we talked mm-hmm. about this. Oh, good. Yes. The video is so fun. Oh my god. But it's like, what a great summer! Like late summer. Hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the video
1: really makes it too because I listened to it. Before I watched the video, and I was like, "This is this is a Janet Jackson song. This yep. is fun." Yep. Then I watched the video, and I was like, "Oh!"
0: And she looks so cute, she and like amazing. so pretty. Whoever oh, so
2: styled that
1: video is great.
2: And I so rarely like a song within the first listen or the first watch. Like it takes me a while to speed yeah. up to anything. I often come to things late because something enters my head, and I'm like, "Oh, what's that annoying me in the in my right. ear?" And then months later, I'm like, "This song's amazing. Have yeah. you guys heard it?" <laughs> um, but this seconds in, I was like. <gasps> I love it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: totally. Uh, The dancers are amazing. Guys, if you haven't seen the video, check it out. Um, So, yeah, I guess we can get into, because it's sort of a reading recommendation as well, uh, this article that I teased on yesterday's episode. Um, Oh, guys. So this story is over at BuzzFeed, and it is definitely a long read.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Also, this is just like a little uh, artistic detail, but I was reading it on my phone, and they did this really cool thing where, when they're describing, um, so to preface, the article is about um, nuns who killed children, yeah, <laughs> allegedly at a uh, orphanage mm-hmm. named Saint Joseph. Saint
2: Joseph's in Burlington, Vermont.
0: Right. And it was a Catholic orphanage, uh, therefore, you know, the nuns and the priests had full reign over the kids, and there were horrific acts of violence and abuse, sexual violence, sexual abuse. Uh, but specifically what the author of this article wants to address is, we've heard a lot about those stories, and it's really important that we hear those stories, but there are also accusations that they just straight up killed kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about that. No, because and- mostly because it's, it's really hard to prove and, and the records are very dodgy from that period of time. Um, but the, the one thing I wanted to say about the artistic uh, execution of the article is I was reading it on my phone and a couple times they go into, there's a woman named Sally and she has flashbacks of her time in the orphanage. And they put those parts on a black background to sort of indicate, like, we've entered her mind. Mm -hmm. But when they do that, I lost the scroll bar on the side. So it's almost like you lose sense of, like, orientation and time as well in (laughs) it. Which is really interesting because, like, I'm sure that's what having a recovered memory is like, you know? Very disorienting, very, uh, like, you doubt your own sanity. You're kind of like did this happen? Am I getting details wrong? And to also lose like track of where you're at in the article was like a very nice touch. I have no idea if that was deliberate, (laughs) but I was like, this is cool. Uh, but aside from that, uh, man, this fucking story.
2: This is intense. And I, this is what I tweeted yesterday was that, uh, completely coincidentally, four days ago, I found one of those silly listicles, like 40 of the most, horrifying horror stories on Reddit's No Sleep thread or on Creepypasta or whatever those things are. And being me, I went straight to it and started... I read, like, 17 of them. I've got a couple more to go. Um, And then I read this story last night and this whole article, which is a real thing that happened, yes. left me un- with chills. Yes. And I had to, This one of the reasons I stayed up so late, uh, unwinding and playing video games afterwards, was just I, I couldn't go to bed with just that being the most recent no, thing there, in my
0: head. No, and it's so well written. Um, Christine uh, Keneally, Keneally wrote it. It's so well written that there are moments that are like, I didn't even see it happen, but they're stuck in my head. Yeah. Like a nun shoving a child out a window.
2: Yeah. The last I I fully cried at the last paragraph.
0: Yes. I fully had a teary. Oh God. So Sally, who's probably like the central um person in the article who's who's highlighted because she was at St. Joseph's so long. Yeah. Till she was like in her twenties. She
2: went there got there when she was two and didn't get out till she was twenty-three.
0: So she really was like At Ground Zero to see all of the horrific things the nuns did. I mean, stuff like ranging from burning kids with matches to isolating them in the attic to locking them in trunks to throwing them in a lake so they would learn to swim but a kid drowned when they did that. Um, like, truly, truly, like, and sexual stuff, too, like, mm. you know, like, raping children and terrible, terrible things.
2: And this story focused, uh, made a point of mentioning that because sexual abuse amongst, in the Catholic Church and in orphanages and, you know, uh, that's becoming more and more prevalent and more and more accepted, uh, but actual police or, or governmental inquiries into the, uh, this abuse has specifically omitted uh, straight up violence and murder yeah. because it's so shocking and so, like you said, hard to prove. So they mentioned the Australian one.
0: Well, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. That
2: they made a conscious choice to not look into or investigate uh, cases of people being killed or stories of children being murdered.
0: Well, there, Sally tells a story about uh, a little boy who she thought ran away from the orphanage um, and was electrocuted uh, on a fence yep. because he was wearing a metal hel- helmet and she like knew these things out of context and they sounded strange. Yeah. And then like later on he was completely charred because he was electrocuted and they had a funeral for him and it was open casket. And one of the nuns made her kiss him. Uh, and she's telling the story about like, he didn't have eyes. He just had like black holes where his eyes should have been. Uh, and, but the lawyer representing her heard this story, and even he, who like believed a lot of her story, was like, "This is too much. This is beyond the pale. Like sh- this is definitely a false memory yep. she's having." Then they found out it fucking happened. It was true. Yeah. And he found the evidence that this kid was electrocuted. He was wearing a metal helmet because they were like World War II, um, like or World War One relics, uh, from yeah. uh, German uniforms. They no were playing. They no playing. You know. They were playing army. like. Army, yeah. Mm. Uh, and he and another boy, another boy who also had a mel- metal helmet on but was like struggling getting it on. And while he was doing that, his friend went under the fence and the metal hit the fence and he was electrocuted. So it did actually happen.
2: And it wasn't even like neither Sally nor the lawyers. It was the reporter of this story. I think it was Christine herself mm. who eventually found, while going through old, old news archives.
0: Yeah. she found all of the records of this. Um, but yeah the reason the thing that really struck me was because I've been covering the, the the grand jury inquiry that just happened where they found out you know hundreds of priests had sexually abused thousands yes. of children in the us, children in the US but I was listening to this podcast and something the host said really stuck with me where he's like, you know I, I feel like a lot of people have lost faith in priests. everybody still loves nuns though. <laughs> And here's a story where it's like, the nuns were the terrorists, you know? Yeah. Not that there weren't priests and, and men doing stuff as well, but these nuns tortured these kids. Yeah. It's like, are the does everybody love nuns? And what was extraordinary in the article is sometimes they would be talking to someone who was like, oh, I had an amazing experience at St. Joseph's. I learned such discipline. The nuns were lovely. And then they would ask them something specific. Like, do you remember a girl being burned with matches? and they would, this is how it was uh, described in the article, almost have, like, a seizure Yep. as the memory came back.
2: This woman, The, one that, the that woman who had a seizure, mm-hmm. she was uh, on the witness stand, I believe, or being deposed as a witness for the defense. Yes. She was up there to talk about what a good time she had at the orphanage. And, and she then she
0: started going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my... She, like, started to remember, and the courtroom flipped out where, yeah. like, the lawyers were, like, you know, the prosecution or the defense, obviously, being, like... What is, are, do, are you coaching her? Are you paying her to the to the prosecution? Yeah, hmm. um, but yeah, like the article o- also goes into recovered memory stuff, which I think is so interesting because um, recovered memories have been so villainized mm. um, because of what happened in the eighties during the Satanic Panic. Um, which was a bunch of little kids who accused their preschool teachers, I believe it was preschool teachers, of having like sexually tortured them right. and destroyed their lives, yeah. basically. And yeah. it turned out it wasn't true. Yeah. It turned out it was adults coaching kids, right, which is separate from when kids come to you and say, sister so-and-so touched me inappropriately. Right. That's not an adult coaching her. That's a little girl reaching out for help. But people remember what happened during the satanic panic, and they're like, how do we know these memories are real? And it's like, because literally you have dozens and dozens and dozens of people coming to you with very similar stories and they have not met. So it's like it did happen. Yeah. Maybe some of the details they got wrong. Cause Sally definitely like fucked up some stuff timeline-wise. Yes. But she's an elderly woman now. Like the fact that she can remember any dates is like extraordinary to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and
2: the thing about Sally is that her she's dead now. She, but at the time of the she died article, in 2000, yeah, two uh, thousand. But her lawsuits were thrown out in the late nineties, not because they didn't prove that they could prove that they were true, but because the defense was able to prove that she had recalled these things years earlier. Right. And therefore, the statute of limitations had run out.
0: Was that her or was that the lady who wrote the book?
2: That was both.
0: Oh, both of them. Okay. uh,
2: Yeah, the the woman who wrote the book um, was like, yep, sure, look, you wrote a book way back here. So you had this amount of time to go to the police and you didn't. Sally, it was like, uh, in this interview two years ago, you mentioned a beating in this thing. uh, You told a family member 10 years ago Mm -hmm. that you remembered this brutal thing happening, therefore... Uh, that's when your statute of limitations time began and it has since run out.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. But, like, between the grand jury inquiry, this article, and, like, The Keepers, which if you haven't seen on Netflix is extraordinary. Um, again, major trigger warnings for for rape and sexual abuse of children because they go into it in, like, great detail. Yep. Um. But I'm just, like... <sighs> I'm simultaneously glad that the church doesn't have unchecked authority as much mm-hmm. anymore, and that, for example, all, um, all of these orphanages have been closed down, and these these nuns are now like retired and hopefully don't have access to children anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like I do not understand how people still participate in the Catholic Church.
2: Neither do I. This is the thing I was I was saying when, and reeling from last night, and you know I, I I've got a uh, hairy eyeball for any and all organized religion sure but i mean the catholic church in particular because of just how widespread like in australia living in australia and knowing about the catholic church and the way the priests acted towards uh, children i honestly thought that was an australian catholic church thing Mm. to then learn it's happening in ireland and the u.s and in canada and this story talks about uh, an orphanage in canada where the guy who ran it realized that you get more money from the government if you're a mental institution than you do if you're an orphanage, so he
0: promoted the nuns to like psychiatric nurses and
2: made like a thousand or so normal kids. They they stopped teaching them uh, and made them out to be quote unquote deficients.
0: So the nuns who used to beat them with paddles and stuff suddenly had access to psychiatric drugs to give them.
2: And some of the orphanages were just renamed as asylums. They were, didn't even mm-hmm. transfer them. They just renamed the damn
0: things. Yep, yep, yeah.
1: In the name of Jesus. In the name of right. Jesus,
0: obviously. <clears throat> Always in the name of Jesus. It's like American Horror Story. Yeah, I think the thing that yep. broke my heart the most, exactly like American Horror Story, it also made me think of uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Like Once you were labeled as being mentally ill, basically anyone can do anything to you because society is just like, right, they're mentally ill. So bye. Um, But how it warped those kids and then, uh, you know, eventually they become adults for life. Like the fact that the nuns used to make the girls all sleep in the same direction and have their hands in prayer position underneath their heads. And if their hands during the night went under the covers, they would beat them. And how those girls who became women, who became elderly women, slept that way forever.
2: Their entire life. And, and uh, it was Sally who talked about she slept like that still, mm-hmm. but also her son, because after she died, the Christine Keneally interviewed her son, who said, one thing I, didn't, I never understood is mm-hmm. that in her entire life I ever saw her, she never once finished a plate of food. She always left half her food in a plate. And Christine was the one who told him, oh, she told stories in the... Orphanage. They were forced to eat everything that was put in front of them, and if they were ever threw up from it, they had to eat that as well.
0: They had to eat their own vomit.
2: So, as a result, her entire adult life, Sally could not finish a plate of food. This is how. Well, she
0: did that as like an act of rebellion. As a rebellion, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, But these things affected them. Even if the ones that quote like, for want of a better term, recovered and went about living okay lives. Like, it
0: seemed like Sally, like, a detail that broke my heart was that she was really kind to the neighborhood children. She would always bake them things and like, right, because she was so badly abused. As a kid, she wanted them to have a nice childhood. That killed me because it was like, you, you know, like, not that you can use an excuse of being abused to be a monster to people, but she was so horrifically abused. If she had been a shitty person and told anyone her backstory, they would have been like, Oh, that's why you're a shitty person. Yeah, yeah. but then she went on to have like a family and was like a great mom and a great wife. And like the people in the neighborhood loved her. She was wonderful to children. I was like, she was just a good fucking person. Yeah. Ah, so sad. But anyway, the article is like a phenomenal work of journalism. Uh, I highly recommend you read it in its entirety, unless it's triggering, in which case I get it. But I'll link to it at our Lipson page. And Have guys, a thing to
2: do immediately afterwards. Have a yes. thing to watch or another thing to read. Or sho- I had a shower. Yeah. I went and had a shower to wash the article no, that, off me. No, that's
0: a really good piece of advice. I watched Riverdale <laughs> and yep. I smoked pot. So, guys, on that note, uh, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. So, first piece of bad news. Let's talk about student debt.
2: Yay! I'm and unfamiliar. And
0: specifically, uh, the nation's top student loan official resigning recently. So, this is the government's top official who's overseeing 1.5 trillion dollars in student uh, in the student loan market resigned in protest on Monday citing what he says is the White House's open hostility toward protecting the nation's millions of student loan borrowers. Uh, and his name is Seth uh, Frotman. And yeah, just sent out a whole resignation letter and was basically like, they don't care about Students, They don't care about them being in debt for the rest of their lives, which I'm sort of like, no shit, dude. Yeah. And also, has any administration cared about that? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like you know? You how do you
0: think we got a $1.5 trillion bubble to begin with?
1: Yeah, you've been in charge of this for a while. What have you been doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's going on? But I mean, I'm glad, you know, any resignation protesting the Trump administration, I'm sort of like, yeah, that that's a good thing. But, um, man, I don't think people understand the student loan bubble is bigger than the housing market bubble was mm-hmm. Yeah, when it burst. And we all remember what happened, right? Wait until that one bursts. And it's going to burst because oh, people yeah. can't make their student loan payments. It's mm-hmm. just a mathematic fact.
1: But are those are the ones that, also never ever go away right you can't file for bankruptcy and have them disappear
0: there was like they tweaked it during the obama years and i've truthfully lost track of how much they've repealed under the trump administration um i think there was a mechanism in place i have a friend who just got his student loan payments wiped and i truthfully couldn't even tell you how he did that but he was able to do it through the government okay um but by and large, the vast, overwhelming majority of people in student loans will be paying them the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, kn- I know people who talk about their student loan calls like once a week. And it's just like this angry person called me and they're like, we need money from you. And they're like, I okay. don't have any. I don't have money. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Why>? Bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you can't get blood from a stone. But I mean, they'll try. Um, but, yeah, I—that that is one of those bubbles that since I, like, first started journalism, so, like, many, many moons ago, um, people have been waiting for this bubble to burst. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, like, the bigger it gets, the worse it's going to be. And it still hasn't popped yet. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus, when that goes, that's going to be a doozy. And
2: so I might need to have some of this broken down for me. What does yes. it mean when... If and when the, quote-unquote, bubble bursts, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? It just means $1.5 trillion that is marked as the government's, we have this money coming from somewhere, just doesn't come from
0: anywhere? It's worse because it's... So much of our financial system relies on people assuming debts will get paid. Right. So... Like, that's how the whole thing works. That's how mortgages work. It's like, yeah. we're just assuming people are, are going to make these payments, so we're going to make a bunch of other shady financial deals based on that assumption. Yes. So it's not just the $1. Tri- $1. $1.5 trillion. That That's, like, what everybody owes. Mm-hmm. Then it's all of the other shady, like, Walmart deals, or Walmart, <laughs> Wall Street deals that are happening on top of the assumption that that $1.5 will be paid. Right. And that's, like, the economy, quote-unquote. So when the $1.5 trillion, which is huge, a huge amount of money, when that burst, then it's like, like, it's everything else that was based on that.
2: Right, every dollar that supposed $1.5 trillion has made. Exactly. I get it now. Yes, it does.
1: It's also, like, I never understood really how it was sustainable because, like... If you have a mortgage and you don't pay it, the bank takes back your house. Or sometimes, even if you pay it, the bank takes back your house. Yes, <laughs> good point. Um, but like with with a diploma, there's nothing to repossess. Yeah, and, like and that's
0: it's it's. I guess it's also worse in that sense because. But like real estate values are tricky. But there's still a house.
1: Yeah, there's that still you something could potentially sell to someone. Yeah.
0: In the case of an education, it's like. If that student just can't pay it back, then it's like, well, we don't have a thing to sell anyone. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I guess it's also worse in that respect, too.
1: You know, it would be interesting if they would take, like, if the student loan companies they're like, hey, we want you to pay back your student loans. You know what? We're going to help you with your degree get you a better job so then you can give us money. It would be like a whole circle like, how never mind. does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. <laughs> I think the people who would be like in charge like of that are kind of like, fuck you, I got mine anyway. So, why yeah. am I going to help some kid get a job? You know? Um, True. But yeah, I mean, Obama tried the, the strategy where he was like, if you go work for AmeriCorps or the Peace Corps or something, you know, maybe we'll send you to college. Like, he was like proposing stuff like that. Um, you know, it, exchanging an education for service what is wild to me is that the vast majority of western civilization um doesn't have to deal with this shit (laughs) yeah student loans or having to worry about being in debt the rest of your life to Mm -hmm. get an education we've just sort of like accepted that this is reality and this is how the higher educational system works in the united states right um but what you were saying about like it not being able to sustain itself. It's like, that's capitalism. Yeah, Capitalism cannot <laughs> sustain itself. Like we run on natural resources and like labor and not paying people living wages. It cannot sustain itself. The whole system can't sustain itself. So it sort of makes sense that student loans is part of that, you know? Like oh, yeah. sure, like that can't sustain itself. Not, not, all of this is a carnival act and it's going to <laughs> implode on itself. It already did during the housing market. Um, You know, people lost all of their wealth.
2: Yeah, it's just so crazy coming from, again, uh, the foreigner. I come from Australia where we... I spent a long time complaining about the tertiary education system in Australia because uh, the people who are currently in charge of it, all the people in politics right now in the higher positions, all had free university education. They then introduced having to pay for it. So then the rest of us all have to pay. However... Coming over here and realizing how. So in Australia, you pay your debts back. You just borrow from the government. It's called a higher education loan. It used to call it be called a hex debt. Now it's called a help debt. They came up with a fancy acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you are earning a particular amount of money, then they take out a little bit out of your tax. Okay. That's how it works. If you don't ever earn that above that threshold, they don't get anything. They don't get anything. Okay. Um, so you have to be doing. Well, for yourself, and like the threshold isn't that high, so you don't have to be doing that well for yourself. Right, but sure. having a full time wage and then it just comes out of your tax, and yes, it takes
0: forever
2: to pay it off, sure, but you you barely notice because it's just taken out of your tax. Well,
0: that's the thing, like, if it's not devastating you every month, it's fine if it takes longer, it's okay. It's like the people who Like, it's a significant portion of their monthly income that they have to give, you know, uh, student loan providers. That's That's when it gets That's crazy. Yeah, to
2: find out that here there is no, it's not a a wage limit, it's a time limit. Just, like, at this point in time, you will start paying it back, and it's this amount every month regardless. Yeah, and, like,
0: I guess you could not pay them as much, but then that tanks your credit score. And then it's, like, then you have a shitty life.
2: Yeah. Which is a whole other thing I get to talk about as an Australian, because
0: you guys um, don't have credit scores. I just got got my first. Oh, you do, but in Australia, no, it doesn't exist. No. So if so, what's the process of getting a credit card? You just get a credit card.
2: You uh, they look at your. They look at the way the credit companies do, um, the way TransUnion or whatever. They look at your income, um, your expenses because you fill out a form and say this is what my bills are every month, what you make, what your expenses are. If it's an unsecured loan, like for um a personal loan and you putting up your car as a security, the value of the car, any savings you might have, that's it. They just make a judgment call. And then once you've had That
0: seems very I mean not that our credit scores aren't arbitrary, but that seems even more arbitrary. Sure. Yeah. But then
2: once you've you know if you've if you didn't have in your history with the bank that you've gotten a personal loan, paid it off within time, then your next loan application is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But the you don't have to prove that you are dependent on debt To rent a house. Okay. Like that kind of thing that that seems
0: the thing that bothers me the most about us credit the way it I mean not the thing that bothers me the most it just happened most recently and I'm yes. pissed about it is it
1: the thing that's probably the, what I'm thinking of because it makes me angry too yeah
0: <laughs> if they do an inquiry into your credit score which they have to do when right. you're moving mm-hmm. into a new apartment it <clears> tank it doesn't tank it but it makes your credit score go down yeah no. why
1: how why, why? why? Oh, yeah when we moved in here i mean i got it back up mm-hmm. pretty quickly but my credit score dropped like 50 points mine too mine dipped by 50 what the fuck?
0: that's significant i was like why? Why? Yeah. Like, what,
1: if someone checks your credit, why does that have to be a mark they assume against you? you? In
0: trouble, I guess. No. But uh, like, even if we were fabulously wealthy, they would check it. So yeah. it doesn't. It's not an indication that like you're <laughs> shady.
1: <laughs> I wonder if I could just like open it up on my phone and be like, can you just look at this and not? Can yeah, you just see yeah. Here's yeah. the not, number. Here's my. Don't g- that's funny. Don't yeah. do the thing. We should do that. Don't do the thing. Don't, please um, don't. Please don't ask them. I'm showing it to you right now.
0: Yeah. So I also wanted to talk about. But also, you have yes. to
1: pay for that credit check. You have to pay them to check your credit, which then tanks your credit.
0: Do we pay them to do that? Yeah.
1: What it's like 50, fuck? it's the application fee is their credit check because oh, so I they have to the, pay for yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Why did I not wonder what I was paying $50 for? I'm yeah. just like, make it the file, the paperwork. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Oh, like when you join a gym and you pay $75 to put a piece of paper in a manila folder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't ask questions. So I also wanted to talk about Louis C.K. made a surprise return to comedy in his first gig since uh he admitted to being a creepy sexual predator
1: boo um and it's
0: been nine months in case Uh anyone was wondering that's how long it took for him to make a comeback
2: so let me get this straight he performed so (laughs) nine months ago he was performing comedy and welcome to do so everyone loved it but he was Mm. masturbating uh without the consent of the people who was masturbating in front uh, of
0: him. He, he asked if it was okay, and they said yes, so it was okay.
2: So now instead of st- instead of no longer masturbating in front of people with, without warning, he's now also doing comedy in front without of people warning. without warning.
0: Yeah, there were, there were some ladies in that audience who were like, oh, there's the guy who masturbates in front of yeah. women.
2: I feel like this, that's a... Hmm. That's that's th- you are going the wrong way, mate. Right. Mm.
0: By the way, I should clarify when I said uh, he asked for permission. That was uh, his explanation for he was like they said it was okay, and it's like right, dude. Um, power dynamics. You right. are. He, he also threatened to blacklist them uh, from comedy if they ever um, told anyone what happened.
1: I missed that part of it. Uh, the moral of the story is to only masturbate in front of men. Yes. Uh, I'm taking something wrong away from this.
0: Uh, if you get consent, consent is still important. Ah, mm, that's yes. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Consent.
0: And then it's fine. Um,
1: I knew. I knew that. I just yeah. never, okay.
0: Charles knows consent important. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, first of all, I mentioned this on yesterday's episode. I think. Or maybe before, I don't know. This is illustrating my point. Time is very weird right now because we're in a fascist regime. So every day seems like an eternity, but also time is moving very fast as well, which is a very weird experience. I thought
1: we were talking about like the human concept of time and I was like, where is this going? Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) But like, again, very, I
0: truly feel like the Louis CK stuff happened a million years ago and it it was nine Mm -hmm. months And like that's how long it took him for to feel comfortable enough to come back into the public and go on stage in front of a room full of strangers who from what I've read received him, received him very warmly. It was the comedy cellar. So it's like bottom of the barrel comedy wise, but like, we're very happy to see him. No one was like, Hey, you're a predator. You shouldn't be in public, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, which
0: would be the correct response. Um, and yeah, apparently he did a set about uh, tipping waitresses and parades and... Topical. Um, some other stuff.
1: What? I, well, now I'm, now I'm conflicted because I like tipping waitresses and parades.
0: Yeah, but so I don't know how to feel about this. Literally anybody could talk about it. We don't need Louis C.K. to talk about it.
2: In fact, let's Gross. all go, everyone here in this room and everyone listening, let's all go write a couple of quick jokes about tipping waitresses and parades just to make him completely obsolete.
1: Ooh, right. let's, let's have a parade about tipping waitresses.
2: The, annual, the first annual Tipping Wedges Parade. <gasps> I'm on board.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: I, um, last night at work, got my first hashtag tip the bill from an Australian. Uh, What's uh, that? There's a hashtag that go, is going around Twitter a little bit. It's uh, hashtag tip the bill. So the total of your bill, you then tip that. Whoa. So her oh. bill was $35 and she tipped me $35. That's awesome. And I was like, you should stay here forever. Yeah. And as an Australian. Yes. We don't even do that. She was. She wow. was like. Uh, she's like. While well, I'm over here, I'm just tipping the bill on everyone, and Whoa. I was like, "You live That's here. Lovely. Stay here. Be my friend. You replaced. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> she can stay. I'll go home. She's a
2: much better Australian than I am.
0: I have done that for um, if something costs a dollar, and then mm, I'm tipping. Yeah, mm-hmm, I tip yeah. a dollar. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome. Hashtag tip the bill. I won't do that. Um, <laughs> I yeah, did, uh,
1: like, if, if depending on what the bill is, don't go nuts, but like, tip tip well.
0: If I financially could do that, I would. If I was Amy Schumer, who is notoriously a great tipper, mm-hmm. I would I would tip that way as well. She's loaded.
1: She uh, This um, Australian tourist made up for a group of uh, five 21-year-olds who had a $95 bill and did not tip a single dollar. <gasps> so bananas. Everything evens out.
0: Bananas. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this next story is so sad. I almost didn't include it in the show. Just a warning. Okay? Um... So, but I wanted to talk about it because we were talking about the importance of representation. I forget why. Uh, But this, uh, a little boy, uh, he was nine years old, allegedly, according to his mom, uh, killed himself uh, or died by suicide, sorry, uh, after he was bullied for being gay. So this happened in Denver, Colorado. Uh, The coroner has confirmed that he died by suicide His mom is the one who came to the media and was basically like, hey, this happened. Um, His name was uh, Jamel Miles. This happened because he uh, wanted to go to school uh, and tell his classmates that he was proud to be gay. Like, he was very excited to share the news. Um, And apparently, according to uh, his mom, he was so badly bullied that he uh, eventually chose to die by suicide, which is horrific. And a lot of people on Twitter were like, this is a great example of why we need to celebrate pride and celebrate visibility and yeah. stuff like that. Because believe it or not, every year during pride, there are more than a few uh, straight cis people usually white who are like why do we still need to do this yeah like everybody's out everybody's proud everybody's accepted (laughs) and it's like not even slightly true we
2: get a shocking handful of white cis gay men saying the exact same thing which is astonishing infuriating yeah
0: yeah i mean first of all it's just on its face ridiculous because how many trans women are killed every year in the united states and we're like just starting to talk about that um, but even outside of trans issues, just being gay in the United States is super dangerous depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. I mean, even here in New York city, we have, um, more than a few uh, stories every year about people getting gay bashed. And this is New York city, mm-hmm. you know, like I remember there was uh, that BBQ place. They got into a fight. Yes,
1: they were. It eventually came out. I think that that, that both, Oh, they were parties to were blame? gay yeah. but i mean there was not a it wasn't a couple years ago that down in the village on christopher street someone got shot
2: yeah yeah uh, a, f- a friend of mine in australia got glassed in a gay bar oh, fuck like Jesus. yeah
0: yeah so like to people who were you know questioning do we still need it why do we still need it this is why and i like what kills me about the story is that he was so excited and he was yeah. so proud uh and it's he so should young. be also, this is a great example that we need to start teaching about sexuality and sex to kids young. Yeah. And yeah. conservatives love to fearmonger about that, where they're like, uh, dirty liberals want to talk sex with kids. And it's like, no, this is why. We need to talk about like <laughs> gender. We need to talk about sexual orientation to little kids so that by the time they hit nine, they already get it. And they're like, oh, cool, exactly. this is not a big deal.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, people... There's a way to describe those things to a child without being graphic. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, sure. You
0: don't have to show them porn. Yeah. No.
2: We just had... Um, this, no, please don't, actually. There was
0: <laughs> a, <laughs> program,
2: a program in Australia d- designed to do exactly that in schools called Safe Schools mm-hmm. was recently, you'll never guess, uh, withdrawn, overturned by our current conservative government right. uh, for that very reason because of the abhorrent fear-mongering
1: but I was I was about that age when we went through like sec, the very first sex ed, like the the premature I stuff. I don't
0: think I had sex ed until I was in junior high. Real
1: sex ed, yes. But like fourth or fifth grade is when they like sat us down and explained like the difference between boys and girls is murder. Really? Yeah. What kind of progressiveness were they doing in Ithaca? There was also something real weird in the water because I was in fourth grade and someone in my class had a full mustache. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. But like we all hit puberty at like nine or ten up there
0: jesus i hit puberty at 10 and
1: was fully done with puberty at like 11 12
0: whoa yeah i think that's atypical
1: there was like there was something in the water there was definitely something in the water that sounds about
2: yeah Uh, i saw uh by accident because someone else was watching it and i was peering through another from another room the where did i come from video Mm. when i was like nine yeah so i had an idea Um,
0: my mom very early sat me down with like a legit biology book and just showed me everything. Really? Yeah. She was like, because me and my friend came to her with a very specific question about, um, we, we went to her and we're like, mom, do boys have, two testicles or three testicles and she was like sit down children (laughs) uh and basically just gave us the full rundown let me show you the
1: horror show that is testicles yeah because she was
0: like you should know she's (laughs) like that is a that worries me that you have that question so i'm just gonna explain to you.
1: also the fact that this child uh is nine years old and already knows that he is gay like when i was that age i I probably knew, but I didn't know what it was called. You right. didn't like have I like did, a language. Yeah, for it, I didn't yeah. know how to describe it. And like having like, and also the children who bullied him, you know yeah. where that came from. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's taught. Just like racism yep. is taught, yep. just like no, kids, misogyny is kids taught. Kids almost
0: never go negative or hateful on their own. No. Their their inclination is almost always to like share their toys and play mm-hmm. and to like people and to like hug each other. Like if you watch like happy kids playing, like when, when stuff like that starts to happen, <laughs> if they get like negative or mean or like are hitting each other, something else is going on. Yeah. It's like you're learning this at home. Somebody else is hurting you. Right. Yeah. This is all projection right now. Um, but yeah, I I thought I had another point about this. Did I about? I mean, this
1: is something that uh, it's terrible that someone this young, yeah, uh, um, died, by, died suicide. by suicide. Uh, but it's something that a lot of LGBT people go through. Like I also, I obviously wasn't successful, but I attempted a few times before I came out to people because I, my um. My mom right now is very supportive and very awesome, Uh, but before I came out to her, because my father is also gay, she, I believe, she had a little bit of resentment towards gay people. Like she would watch Will and Grace with me and laugh, but if boys kiss, she'd be like, she would verbally say, "Ew, that's disgusting."
0: Did she feel? Did she like resent your father because she felt like she he had been deceitful?
1: I'm. I never really went there with her, but that's my assumption. Okay. Um. But I mean, since then has been like crazy supportive and like almost instantly turned on a heel. Great, um, yeah, great, great, great. But like, I, I I dealt. I'm sure we've a lot of people have dealt with this for like a long time in middle school and high school. This yeah. is, seems very early, super for this early. To start. And super I don't early. think it's
0: a coincidence that you know he had such a, a grip on his identity. Like, yeah. if he if he had been confused, if he had been quiet about it. You know, probably could have, you know, skated under the radar. But what's so sad about it is that, like, he knew. And he was like, great, this is who I am. And yeah. I'm really excited about it. And I'm, I'm excited to tell classmates. other people. Yeah. Like, which is bananas and would be a happy story if not for the ending, which is nothing he did. He did everything right. Mm. He was, you know, doing great. He figured it out early. He was super happy about it. Support it was, parents. It was everybody else's Support. reaction. I want to know what the fucking school was doing. Right. Yeah. I want to know if any teachers heard this shit and did nothing.
1: Yeah. It, it. I mean, the location is a bit surprising to me that it was in Denver. Denver. Because I expect them to be a little bit more I mean, liberal Colorado's for the middle of the weird. country. It
0: is odd that it was Denver. May, but I also don't know anything about like his school or anything like but that.
1: This, this made news, that, but this is happening in schools all across the country and the oh, world, possibly. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure.
0: And like, how often do we not know that was the reason we know with him because he was apparently very like you know outspoken about it but how many like gay trans bi kids die by suicide and we never find out that's the reason Mm -hmm. right it's just like oh they were kind of like quiet and sad you know but anyways guys it's that time of the episode i know that was a heavy one here is your good news (laughs) All right, we begin good news with something bad potentially happening to Trump.
1: Just potentially?
0: Just potentially, because it's sort of tangentially related to something we talked about already. Which is maybe... Mm. Wink, wink, wink. So, loyal listeners of Light Reason News will remember the other day we were talking about penis penis, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. David Pecker, a.k.a. Uh, the guy who owns American Media Inc., who owns the National Enquirer. So this really has to do with the National Enquirer and Trump Mm -hmm. and their weird symbiotic relationship or parasitic relationship, (laughs) uh, which was National Enquirer uh, would sell a lot of copies if they got a scoop from Trump, uh, or sometimes Trump would pay them to sit on a story he didn't want them to publish. But that whole time the National Enquirer kept those stories. Mm-hmm. They didn't right. like burn them in a fire. No. And apparently they kept them in a safe.
1: Oh yeah. That's just like TMZ has like an infamous yes. safe yeah. where there are hidden things that celebrities have paid them not to publish. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. So apparently they have a safe containing documents on hush money payments and other damaging stories, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. tape maybe um it killed as part of its cozy relationship with Trump leading up to the twenty sixteen election. So that detail came out as several media outlets reported on Thursday that federal prosecutors had granted immunity to Penis Penis, (laughs) uh, potentially laying bare his efforts to protect his longtime friend Trump. So what's exciting about that to me is is, is, it's it's like, what is this immunity deal? Is part of it that Penis Penis has to open the safe to (gasps) everyone? Like what's in there?
1: Because, you know, it's not just Trump stuff. Do we get to see everything?
0: I don't know. I don't know if we get to see anything. Okay. I don't know if the mm. safe has anything to do with it. But in an immunity deal with the FBI, you got to cough up some juice. Oh,
1: yeah. I also like, it's so weird to me that it's ha- this whole thing is happening with the National Enquirer because they will be like, they'll have he- like salacious weird headlines like Oprah buys drug children something. <laughs> perfect. I don't know. I was just no, talking. that's yeah, a yeah. perfect National <laughs> yeah. Enquirer headline. And then, and you'll be like, oh, that's weird. And then in the corner will be like Alien Bigfoot spotted in Cornfield. And you're like, right, this is not a newspaper. Right.
0: That's always been the national choir. Like occasionally they would legitimately break news. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it was like quote unquote breaking news because they paid someone. Okay. But and then yeah, like alien stories and Bigfoot stories. So mm-hmm. not to be trusted, obvious.
1: Yeah. So it's just it's it's funny that
0: they actually have like something. dirt. They yeah. have dirt, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that's the case with a lot of people, not just Trump, but they did definitely have a very weird, cozy relationship with Trump, which became extra weird when he was president. Because mm. then it was like, fuck, the National Enquirer has shit on the president. That's Of all the bananas. publications in this of country. Of all the publications, <laughs> all, yeah. it's the National Enquirer. Uh, guys, we live in the dumbest time. <laughs> the dumbest. Of all of the alternate realities, we're in the worst one right now.
1: Huh. I'm I. I wonder if... Like when he drops whatever he's going to drop, then they're going to also publish it at the same time to get so everyone will start buying oh, it. Oh,
0: sure, sure, sure. Because
1: that one, oh. everyone will buy. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, they Good probably marketing. would have given him an immunity deal just to offer evidence about the hush money Beat to it. the women. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's, like, the scope of it's, it.
1: Well, I, I guess they just mean, need more backup for that because it's already come to light he that probably it has documents. happened. Yeah, okay. he
0: probably has, like, actual mm-hmm. hard copy evidence in the little safe. But he probably doesn't have to give them everything in the safe.
1: Like, they also... From what I understand, how that publication works, they also get a lot of their sources by really shady means. So yes. it's not like they use mm-hmm. journalistic integrity, like at phone all. tapping, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: stuff like that. A lot
1: of illegal shit that they probably. Uh, Pierce can't
0: Morgan's uh, strategy, you know, tap those phones.
2: There's a real piece of shit yep. in there.
0: <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that he likes to lecture people on morality when he's the worst person in the world. Oh, the worst person. In the world. I like
2: how often he gets publicly owned on his own TV oh show. Oh
0: god. Oh,
1: have you ever seen cuz he hosts a morning show now, right? Yes. Have you ever seen the supercut of his co-host reacting to him <laughs> and just being like, "Oh, like her faces and her reactions. <laughs> they do not like each other." I
0: didn't know she had a or she. I didn't know he had a co-host.
1: Yeah. Uh, in this new morning show he's doing, well, newish, okay. I guess. But thankfully he's not on our channels anymore. <laughs>
2: He um, used to be on TV over here. Yeah,
0: yes, he, he had his, his own, own show. show on CNN. It was awful,
2: gross. Mm-hmm. See,
1: we—I only ever know of him tangentially. No, he
0: was—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say he was a big deal, but like people really liked hating him. Oh
1: yeah, uh, uh, Taron Killam, when he was on SNL, used to do a really kind oh of oh my god uh, funny yes, Piers of Morgan. Mm-hmm. He just um, kept going up and up and up.
2: My head has completely separated Piers <laughs> Morgan, the one-time uh, American TV journalist and Piers Morgan, the journalist. shit monster. Well, you know what I mean? Pundit. <laughs> TV presenter. Pundit. Uh, and the shit monster that exists now. Mm-hmm. I, I had split them in my head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is the same. Yep. 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 I mean, how many Piers Morgan's can there possibly be in the world? Hopefully
1: just one. Yeah.
0: Oh God. Can you imagine if you're named Piers Morgan, but like you're an okay dude and you're just like,
2: even if I was just named Piers this at this point, I'd be like, nah,
0: let's go by Paul. Yeah. Paul Morgan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my name's Sam now. <laughs>
0: Uh, I also wanted to shout out in the good news section, Vic Mensa, who if you don't know is an amazing rapper. Uh, there was a story that was bananas recently that I really wanted to cover in the bad news section, but I think we ran out of time or something. But cops in Chicago, more specifically in Englewood, um, did a sting where they drove a truck into a poor neighborhood that was filled with shoes left it open, and then waited for poor black kids uh, to steal the shoes to arrest them.
1: Boo. Oh my God.
0: And it was a huge story because people were fucking pissed about it. Because yeah. A, that's entrapment. B, it's super scummy. Yeah. Like if poor kids need shoes and they steal them, you, Give them the fucking shoes. Yeah. Also,
2: how many times when a woman is sexually assaulted, do they use the analogy, well, if you left the keys to your car unlocked and someone stole it, (laughs) that's your fault.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good point. So people were horrified by this story. Um, Vic Mensa heard about it and was like, that's fucking bullshit. And he started advertising an anti-bait truck event in Chicago and basically did the same thing. Like he drove a truck to Chicago filled with shoes and he gave them away to the kids. (sighs) Which is amazing, Chance the Rapper was also there, another good egg. Um, and it was just really moving to watch you know, these guys go back to maybe not like their specific communities, but communities like the ones they came from. Yeah. Like they remember being poor little black boys before they were rappers and like how fucking hard that is and how every day you're terrified the cops are gonna kill you mm-hmm. or arrest you for dumb shit like this. And um, it was really moving. There was like a bunch of videos that people posted. There was a hashtag and people were just like, like people were crying. They were so happy. Like it was really, really moving. That's so awesome. At the same time, I feel like I have to say because I shit on the media all the time when they like will post a story about someone who has cancer and they've run out of sick days and their coworkers
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. give them
0: their sick days yeah. and they're like heartwarming hashtag. And I'm like, it's not heartwarming. There is an aspect to this that is, so tragic where it's like, I I hate that it took the cops having to do this and Vic Mensa just thankfully being a good person mm-hmm. to be like, I'll get you guys shoes. Like mm-hmm. I wish we didn't live in a capitalist structure where like poor little black kids don't have shoes. It's so fucked up. And then a police state that like preys on that, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you doing? There's so much crime in Chicago right now. This is what you're fucking doing, setting up a sting for little kids mm-hmm. while they play, like oh, Which shit monstrous. Did they need?
2: And I think I think that's, I mean, that's what makes this a heartwarming story. Because you're right, the fact that Vic Mensa uh, is buying, uh, giving away shoes for kids who can't have, don't have their own shoes, is in and of itself not that heartwarming. It's more a <laughs> symptom of how what a horrible society we live in. The fact that he did that as a counter. To, to what the, the police were doing. Brilliant. That, mwah, so, brilliant.
0: so brilliant. So um, brilliant. Yeah, so shout out to Vic Mensa, Shout out to Chance the Rapper and everybody who participated in the event.
2: I'm going to go and boost Vic Mensa's, uh streams on Spotify.
0: Have you never heard? No,
2: nope. mm-hmm. He's
0: phenomenal. He's really, really talented, and also uh, very political too. That's right. mm-hmm. For people who are like, "Why isn't rap political anymore?" It's like, listen to fucking Vic Mensa. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, not that he's the only one, but he's—I've heard of him. So if I've heard of him, I'm like, this is mainstream. <laughs> if if White Girl Central has heard about Vic Mensa, you should all know about Vic Mensa. <laughs> Come on. So uh, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything you guys have seen or overheard lately that has made you smile? I can't begin to describe the scowl on Chris's face <laughs> while I was saying that you <laughs> look like grumpy cat. Well, I was like, is there anything happier? Like
2: I knew it was coming. And I was like, quick, think of something.
0: <laughs> think of something.
2: And I can't think of, anything
0: i had um i started my sketch group yesterday i'm acting in boogie manja this year and boogie manja is the the sketch group at the pit and we had our first meeting yesterday and i met everyone and everyone's lovely and we had the best time yeah oh so we can be stuff that just made us personally
2: smile totally oh yeah i okay i've got a, a nice big one um I went on a comedy writer's retreat last week.
0: Oh my God. How did I not ask you about this?
2: I don't know. It, so So rude.
0: It was so... <laughs> weird i like okay so i didn't know what you were doing right i just knew that you had been selected for this riding retreat yep. and then charles started showing me photos of you like in the woods and like a tent set up for you and i was like what is going on yeah but it was like a nice tent you were glamping it
2: was a, you, it was a glamping it's a glamping situation Lamping. there were, it was there, glamping. Were, there was a cottage and there were cabins and there were tents and i opted for a tent because the beds in the tents were bigger uh they were up off the ground on wooden floorboards and completely insulated, like sealed in. it was amazing but it was me and 16 other uh comedians my imposter syndrome doesn't even want me to say like me and it was like it was 16 comedians i was there also um were they
0: like stand-ups or writers a lot of
2: stand-ups uh a good handful of writers wow. and a couple of people. Like one guy had I worked. If I don't know any of them. He would work for Mad Magazine for like 15 years. <gasps> oh, wow. Had recently quit. That's cool. I yeah. would nerd out about that. Um, yeah. And he's now trying to get into TV. So some people trying to get into TV writing. Some people trying to get into late night writing. Some people just straight stand-ups. Um,
0: I should submit to that next cycle.
2: You 100% should. Can this you was, send me the info? Yes, I will. Okay, thank this you. This was the first one. Um, the woman who runs it, she had worked in late night uh, TV for many years. And this has been her dream. What's her name? Uh, Brita Wanger. Okay. More okay. Brita Moria Wanger, I think is the full name on Facebook. Okay. Um, and she's like, executives get retreats where they get to refresh and meet with their their peers and share ideas. And people on yoga, people doing yoga, get to do it. Why don't comedians get to do it? So
0: it's a really good point. And I, I think it's really important for writers to get away from everything yep. and be alone with their thoughts, as terrifying as that sounds. Um, so did you, you generated a lot of ideas? I did.
2: And what, well, more than just ideas. What A weird thing is that yesterday I had a fully formed idea for a horror film. <laughs> and I went on a comedy retreat. But whatever. Creativity is creativity. I,
0: the, the overlap of those two worlds makes sense to me. I had a couple of friends from UCB who went on, like the funniest people you'd ever mm. meet, went on to write for The Leftovers. Right, okay. Like so that yeah. makes sense. Um,
2: but I, I mean, I personally have had a 20 months of just creative stagnation. When I moved over here, I had to give up my very, very fledgling comedy acting career in Australia uh, and just bide my time. And I was biding my time right up until three weeks ago. I finally got my work authorization in the mail so I can work and then two weeks later I went on this retreat So good. and this most incredible reset button I've ever experienced mm. and yes I'm now full of ideas my show that I brought to work on is almost entirely overhauled and ready to go Hell yeah! and I'm going to my first not to perform just to watch but my first open mic on Saturday <gasps> before I start because one of the guys is like yeah I'll take you I'll make you go they're horrible. You'll love it.
0: <laughs> hell yeah. You should get in with UCB because there's like a whole alternative comedy scene yes. spun out from that yes. where they do open mics and One of and them stuff. Um,
2: was is a, a sketch teacher. He teaches, teaches Sketch 101 and 201. Who is it? Eric Cunningham.
0: Oh, hell yeah. He was yeah. my tent mate. Hell yeah. Okay, so funny. Anyways, guys, we're over time. Yay. Uh, please follow Charles and Chris on Twitter at Charles Rockhill, at Chrisopotamia. Please go to lighttreason.news. Hit that smash. I smash that donate button that's <laughs> what i'm trying to say i still don't want to say smash that donate button hit, that smash button. hit that smash button and donate uh, to the show for as little as five dollars a month to keep us going thanks so much for listening if you have any thoughts about today's episode hashtag light trees and pod and yeah guys while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble